Good evening. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read uh, verses 1 through 10 uh, just for context. But tonight we're going to focus on verse 10. And we're going to talk a little bit about finding significance in service. Finding significance in service. If you have your, or if you want to get your Bible ready, you can put a marker or a finger in Mark chapter 16. Um, will Lord willing be there uh, toward the latter part of tonight's uh, lesson? Mark chapter 16. And we'll be looking at verses 14 down through the end of that chapter there. Uh, if you want to leave a marker. Are you fulfilled? <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you fulfilled? Do you feel satisfied in your life? Can you say that? Uh, you're satisfied with, with what you do and, and how the course of your life is going. Uh, according to a 2020 general social survey, uh, and this survey has been done since 1972, at least every other year. Sometimes it's done every year. Uh, so it goes back about 50 years of, of data here. It says Americans are the, and I quote, unhappiest they have been in 50 years, according to the 2020. Uh, the unhappiest they've been in 50 years. Uh, another study then in 2021 says that uh, that is even down more, another 8% since 2020. Uh, so it just seems like there's this downhill slide of people being fulfilled and satisfied uh, in life. <clears throat> and uh, why are people so unsatisfied or unfulfilled? Uh, anybody have heard of Abraham Maslow? Maslow? Anyone? Yeah? So uh, for you military guys, I know back when I went to Airman Leadership School and I think even at NCOA, uh, when I went to senior NCOA, they didn't talk about it, but they they talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he is really made famous by a paper that he wrote. It's called A Theory of Human Motivation. And that's where he outlines his uh, hierarchy of needs. Uh, he has a lot of thoughts on this matter of fulfillment and being satisfied in life and what it takes to get to that point and, and how to be satisfied. Uh, but I'm afraid that he really has no true answer to solve that. Uh, as you look at those things, and, and I'll, I'll give you some different thoughts. It sounds like many of you aren't very familiar with, with what he's written there. Uh, but tonight, I really just hope to give you some truths that will shed uh, some light on the thought of finding significance in service uh, and, and really being fulfilled. Uh, I did not look this up. Honestly, I didn't have time. Uh, my wife is right. So she told me not to start a project this week because you're going to be busy. There's a lot going on. And uh, I just want her to know, though, although she was right, I was not wrong. <laughs> so the project is completed. Uh, it is. My part. <laughs> so, but it did create work for her. But anyway... Um, so, but it was a busy week, so I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I pulled in, I pulled in all nighter Monday. I went to bed at 5 a.m. Tuesday morning. I stayed up uh, trying to finish this project and 
And it was actually another project. We had we got some bacon, and it finally was cured. I had to smoke it and slice it. And it was just like I was up till 5 a.m. I went to bed at 5 a.m. and got up at 6 so I could be to work at 7. And, and uh, so she was right. But I was right because the project is done. And I'm still able to preach. So she was like, I don't know if you want to start that. Anyway, that's extra credit. I apologize. But Maslow, back to Maslow, what, what we're talking about here tonight. Um, uh, the hierarchy of needs. That's what I was talking I didn't really have time to look at the statistics in relation to Christianity and Christians and how they claimed uh, how satisfied they are in life. Uh, so honestly, I, I can't give you those numbers tonight. I was going to look that up, but I kind of ran out of time. But the bottom line is, America is not happy with life in general. And, and obviously, Christians in America are a part of that statistic to some extent. Uh, I really can't elaborate much more than that. But his hierarchy of needs, so in, I think it was 43, he originally published this paper, and there were five steps, and it was in 70. Uh, several years later, anyway, he kind of he changed some things, and it, it's up to eight different needs, the steps of needs. It's kind of, the graphic is a pyramid. Maybe I should have had a PowerPoint. I don't know. Um, the graphic is a pyramid, and the, the lower needs uh, primarily need to be satisfied before you can kind of move up and, and focus on those other things. So, oh boy. Oh, there it is. So, It's working so far. Uh, so the first thing in the pyramid here at the bottom level is the physiological needs. Food, clothing, shelter, those kind of things is what uh, he said. You can't really move on to the other things uh, until you have those. And that makes sense to me, right? Uh, if you're starving hungry... You're not going to focus on a lot of other things until you get food in your belly, uh, until that need is satisfied. And so, uh, <clears throat> but what I want to remind you tonight, go to Matt, let's just do it. This is Bible study time, so get ready. Um, Matthew chapter 6. So, all of these things, I'm just going to give you some basic truths of what uh, Maslow says. And then how our God has already meeting these needs. Or how he's promised to meet those needs and take care of these things. But, uh, and, and so a lot of this is going to be familiar, but if you'll stick with me tonight, um, I'm hoping to draw it together at the end and, and really make an application that hopefully is a challenge for us uh, to do more for Christ. But um, look at verse 31 in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, you guys are fast. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows it, right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And just very simply tonight, I want to remind you, God has promised and really truly obligated himself to take care of your needs. And so as a Christian tonight, we don't really have to focus too much and worry about how we're going to meet those physiological needs that we have. And I, for all of us in here tonight, uh, some of us look like we haven't missed a meal in a long time. Um, uh, myself included. Uh, I quit uh, well, anyway, you guys don't need to know how much weight I've gained. But um, so <laughs> retirement's coming. Whew. So um, 
So you start with these physiological needs, and as those are met, then you can focus on safety needs, is his, his second set of needs there. And that's security, order, predictability, and he talks about whether it's emotional security, financial security, and he talks about how our government and police and things play a role in, in providing those things. But uh, tonight, remember Psalms 4, verse 8? I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. God has promised to keep us safe. And we can talk about all those things that, uh, that we see of examples in the scriptures of how Christians have faced horrible things and God has brought them through and protected them. Uh, different uh, stories we've heard of how missionaries have been protected. And, and the reality is in Christ, regardless of what the outcome is, whether it is physical death, we're safe in Christ. We have eternal life. And so... Um, we truly, for the most part in America, really don't have to worry about our safety a whole lot. Uh, and I would say that's especially true if you're a Christian. Uh, you should be putting your confidence and faith and trust in your God to take care and to protect you. Uh, and when you are afraid, you just trust in Him. The Word of God teaches us is that we ought to do. And so it kind of progresses on there. It talks about some esteem needs. This is self-worth or accomplishment. And tonight, I want to remind you, our worth is in Christ, uh, and we're valuable to God. Um, we, we don't need society to validate that for us. Uh, he loves us enough to die for us and to work on us. Um, and so, if you would, Ephesians chapter 2, I forgot to read our text, I apologize. Um, this is preaching, uh, supposed to be Bible in it. Uh, but let me read this real quick because I, I was about to reference it and I don't want to reference it without you guys having the context of what we're talking about here. So Ephesians chapter 2. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of the grace in his kingdom toward us through Christ." For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so, kind of going back to, to the Maslow idea of the esteem needs and, and really our, our, our self-worth and and feelings of accomplishment and those types of things, we just need to remember that we are worthy in Christ or because of Christ. And, and God loved us enough to die for us. And you hath he quickened. And, and we can look at Ephesians chapter 1, and it, it's a great reminder, reminder verses 1 through 12, uh, of what Christ has done for us. In verse 6 it says, Praise the glory of his grace, wherewith he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. But um, God loves you. Uh, 
enough to die for you. We're accepted in the beloved, Ephesians chapter 1 says. Uh, John 3.16, there's no greater love that can be shown. But that Christ would die for us, Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And, and uh, we need to remember that uh, our self-worth in those things, we are of value to the Lord. But apart from Christ, we're just sinners. First uh, Timothy 1.15 says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, he says. Uh, interesting thought there. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. But I want to draw your attention tonight to this idea of we are his workmanship in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Uh, the idea there of being his workmanship is means God is working on us uh, and really in us and through us even. And uh, he has done a work to bring us to Christ. Uh, he did the work of, of sending his son and, and dying on the cross. And, and so this workmanship that God has orchestrated uh, is an amazing thing when you really try to think about it. Um, Maslow's last thing is self-actualization. And this talks about the, the need for fulfillment or growth. And it says the realization of a person's potential self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences. How is it that in society that all of these basic needs are met? Truly met in abundance, right? When we look at those first four needs that Maslow kind of points out there. Uh, in our society today, like I said, we don't, we're not searching for food today. Um, if you're hungry uh, and you don't have the money, let me know. I'll, I'll share some. But in a society that has all of these basic things, and when you look at it from Maslow's humanistic, really he, he was an atheist, um, <clears throat> and, and people should be able to get to this point of self-actualization where they can accomplish whatever they want. But the statistics are saying people are miserable. They're unhappy. They're not fulfilled. Uh, yet they have all these things that the world is telling them that they need in order to get to the next place. And don't even get me started in the, to the politics of all this and how everything's a riot and you got to have this or whatever. You, know, you need to get to work. But, um, so, but society has all these basic needs met. And the reality is they're met in an abundance. Um, in our society today in America, we are so abundantly blessed and our needs are met uh, exceedingly and abundantly beyond the necessity of what those, new tr those needs truly are. Uh, but more people than ever are less fulfilled in life. Remember, over the last 50 years, it's gotten worse and worse. Uh, when probably over the last 50 years, people materially have been blessed more and more. Uh, so what's the problem? Uh, the simple truth is because of the absence of God in our daily living. Amen. That's the simplest truth. Is uh, Over the last 50 years, there's been a lot of forsaking God and forsaking biblical principles and forsaking those things that God has established to help us feel, feel fulfilled. Um, 
So here is uh, where I want to take a few moments and to try to encourage you this evening. Uh, unlike the world's philosophy of it's all about me, that's the reality of Maslow and, and he, you know, I think it was Freud and there was another guy that was, he was kind of one of his, their students and he did a lot of things to kind of disprove them. He didn't agree with how they got to the point of their research. But anyway, the reality is, and today it's just all about me. And that, that whole hierarchy is all about meeting my needs and, and the things that I need and, or desire. And, and if you look at some of the breakouts of, of more in-depth, some of those things they call needs aren't even needs. But anyway, um, the reality is it ought to be all about Christ. Amen. And if you want to feel fulfilled and satisfied, you need Christ. So when we, we, we look at that, and, and so... Uh, without Christ, you're condemned already. Uh, And I know this is the Wednesday night crowd, but I don't want to take it for granted that everyone is in Christ here tonight. Uh, But listen, uh, for all have sinned. Uh, We read that verse, there is none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of sin is death. And without Christ, we deserve separation from God for eternity in hell. That's what each one. And so without coming to Christ and, and understanding that you need a Savior and turning to Him and Him alone and trusting Him, uh, you're condemned and, and really there is no hope. Uh, but in Christ, there is hope. And so uh, if, if you're not in Christ tonight, I encourage you to take care of that tonight. Don't put it off. You're not guaranteed another day. But we're not guaranteed to make it through the end of the service. Some of you are probably saying, oh, yeah, hopefully maybe the Lord get us out of here and shut this guy up. But, but listen to me tonight. If you're in Christ, you need to try to strive to serve the Lord. Because if you're doing anything else, you're going to be one of those statistics. You're not going to be fulfilled. You're not going to be satisfied in what you're doing. Uh, you're going to pursue those things. Uh, you might even be successful in, in, in the world's eyes and get to a place where all of those basic needs are met and realize you're not satisfied. Uh, Sunday school this last week, I think it was this last week, might have been two weeks ago, but I talked about Ted Turner and how he got to his millions or billions. He, he was worth $10 billion and he was disappointed that he wasn't worth $100 million like Bill Gates. That's crazy. But the reality is that's where people are. And listen, even in the church house, even as Christians, if we don't have our focus right and we're not laboring and investing where we ought to, we're going to get to the end of that road and we're going to be just as miserable as the lost person because we've not had our focus right. And so tonight I just want to try to encourage you. We are God's workmanship. Let's read verse 10 again. For we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Uh, in Christ we are a work of the Lord. That just ought to be encouragement enough. Uh, as I mentioned, God has, or He's the author and finisher of this faith that we say that we are in, that we believe, right? And, and so He's orchestrated this thing. He's working this thing out. And, and He's worked, I know, I know He worked on my heart to bring me uh, to the realization that I was a sinner and needed a Savior. Uh, that was God working. 
It, it, we are his workmanship. He's, he's bringing us along. And uh, he continues to work in us. He has worked, and we are his beneficiaries uh, of all of his work at the cross. And, and the reality is he continues to work in and through us. And what a blessing to know that. Uh, God has met our needs. Whether we talk about Maslow and, and the physiological needs or uh, the spiritual needs as well. The need of a Savior, God has met that need in Christ. And, and we, we praise Him for that. We glory in that. Um, <clears throat> he's continually working on us. Uh, I used to sing the song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Uh, God is still working in you, through you. You're welcome for me not singing that. But um, that excites me because I'm not where I want to be. And hopefully that's your desire to be more like him and to be a more effective servant for him, a, a, a vessel of honor, meet for the master's use. I hope that's your desire tonight. But, but we are his workmanship. He's working this all out. And, and listen, God intends for us to work. Verse 10 again. I'm going to read this verse several times. For we are his workmanship, created into Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has ordained it that we would be about good works. There's no question. Uh, you find that through and through in the scriptures. God has intended for us to work. And listen tonight, work does not earn salvation. Uh, I think that's very plainly clear in this passage that we read tonight. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. right? It has nothing to do with you. Uh, you're not earning your way to, to heaven. Uh, you're not making yourself good enough to be accepted. It has nothing to do with that. However, uh, works do express salvation. They do. God's plan for His people includes a walk or course of living which expresses itself in deeds of righteousness. Amen. There is an expectation that as a Christian, you will walk in good works. Amen. That expectation is not for me. It's not from pastor. It's from the God that saved you. And we ought to be endeavoring and really striving to be about the Father's business. <clears throat> James 2, 17 and 18 says this, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Uh, our lives ought to be evidenced of good works, demonstrating that we're uh, Christians that we're believers. Uh, we flourish and find fulfillment in, or significance when we accomplish that which we are intended or created to do. So if you're doing what you're intended to do, that's when you find fulfillment or satisfaction. Um, I, I try to come up with a lot of illustrations. I even looked at... Um, is it C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity? He's a pretty smart guy. He has a lot of good stuff. I saved him on my phone, but I don't know if we're going to have time to really look at those. But one of them that uh, he has in Mere Christianity is a gasoline automobile. 
It's designed to run on gas. And it's not going to run on much anything else. And so if God has designed us to operate in a certain way, and we're not operating that way, we're not operating properly, to say the least. And, and uh, it's in vain, if you will. We have workaholics. I see it all the time in the military, all the time. People trying to get promoted, trying to, and they're coming in early, staying late. And their performance is dismal anyway, but they think they're overcoming that, but uh, they're just not that sharp. So, but anyway, but listen, we have workaholics, and there's a lot of so called success that abounds in society. Uh, yet depression and dissatisfaction are at higher rates than ever before. Why? The focus is in the wrong place. And tonight, I want to encourage you as Christians, uh, we are not immune from that. Uh, If we're not careful, we can get our focus in the wrong place. Uh, We can focus on our job or some material gain. Uh, or whatever thing that really gets you going. What do they say? Whatever floats your boat. Uh, Our focus needs to be in the right place. Uh, We have a natural desire to work. And uh, I I know I've extended myself at times in my job uh, to realize later on that it was to the detriment of my spiritual life and my family. And that's tough to admit, but it's true. And so uh, we need to ensure that our focus is correct because God's given us this uh, innate need to fill this void of work. Uh, There there is satisfaction in it, in in a feeling of accomplishment, and there's nothing wrong with working. Don't don't misunderstand me. The the Bible clearly says that we ought to work. Uh, But we're not going to flourish unless we're working at the thing that God intended us to work at. Uh, so don't get distracted with your secular life, I guess I would say. Our focus should be on Christ and serving Him. We find fulfillment in doing what we are created to do. It says we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's what we're created to do. Jesus said this in John 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. You guys are familiar. He says, I must be about my father's business. Jesus was focused on the right thing. Uh, If you look at the life of Christ and the ministry of Christ, he was busy. He was working. He was laboring uh, to the point where oftentimes they couldn't eat Uh, And they had to uh, make it a point to set themselves apart so they could pray or eat or or take care of some of those other basic needs uh, that that were necessary. Uh, Our Lord and Savior, our great example, labored and worked hard. But His focus was in the right place. Like our Savior, we have a work to do. We are created unto good works We need to start walking in them. It says, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so the good works is truly just God's work. And you don't need to change your job. I'm not telling you you got to go quit your secular job and go full-time ministry and that's the only way to find happiness in life. That's not what I'm saying tonight. What I'm trying to encourage you to do is have your focus right. And you ought to be preaching Christ wherever you're at. That's the simple truth tonight. Preach Christ. We need to be about sharing our testimony of what God has done for us and what He can do for those that we encounter every day. That's the work that we ought to be about. And so now if you want to turn to Mark chapter 16, uh, many of you probably have verses you know, 15 down through 18 uh, possibly memorized. I know it's a very familiar passage, but I want to just bring your attention to it anyway tonight as a reminder. Verse 14, it says, After he prepared, or excuse me, after he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And I, I want to pause here just to make a quick note. I think it's interesting that he abrades them. We are his workmanship. He's always working on us. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we, and, and so uh, as we do this work, and, and I'll tie it together in the end, we're not doing it alone and in our own power. Uh, so don't misunderstand that. Don't lose sight of the fact that we're his workmanship. And he's continuing to work on us. These are the disciples that spent three intimate years with the Savior. If anybody knew how to minister, they saw the firsthand experience of how to do it. Uh, but they still doubted. It says their unbelief. But he was still working on them. And I found that to be an encouragement as I read this. Verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink and or any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Very well-known passage here. Look at verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And so we, we often refer to this as the Great Commission. And so Christ comes down and gives them a command uh, and, and directs them. And of course, we, we won't take the time to go look at Matthew's account of this. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, so they're told to go out and to preach. And that hasn't changed for us today. Uh, these men, sure, were in a full-time capacity, if you want to say. But everyone in Christ has the responsibility to be an ambassador. And, and to be a witness of those things that, that we have received. We're supposed to be sharing that. And uh, I just, I found this interesting in verse 28. It's not in the other accounts in Matthew uh, 28 or I believe in Acts chapter 1 uh, in verse 8 uh, when it is given there as well. But look at this. I found this interesting. And they went forth. They were obedient. Praise the Lord. Listen to that. Are you being obedient to the command to get to work? Are you being obedient to preach Christ wherever you're at? 
You don't have to get a new job. You don't have to go into the ministry. But are you being obedient to the command of Christ to do the good works that he has directed you to do? And so they were obedient. They went forth and they preached everywhere. Everywhere. At work, at school, obviously at church, right? Wherever we're at, the grocery store. And, and if you read the Gospels, but you can't help but notice that everywhere Christ and the apostles went, they were reaching people. They were preaching the word. They were sharing the gospel doing everything they can to make a difference in the people that they're around at that moment. And that is our charge tonight. Wherever we're at, to preach everywhere, uh, to share the gospel, to give the good news to those around us. They went everywhere. And this is, I, I love this, the Lord working with them. He says, Lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the world, but... But I, I, this, that is not in Matthew or in, in Acts or anywhere else where the Great Commission is kind of referenced. Uh, but it says, the Lord working with them. And I found that to be so comforting to know that His workmanship is not done. Even when we're obedient, we are there. And, and of course, we know the Holy Spirit is with us and goes with us. And, and oftentimes, if we're not obedient, we fail at sharing the gospel in those opportunities that we're given. Because maybe we're not heeding or yielding to the Holy Spirit. But uh, this is not done in our own power. It is in the power of Christ. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. God continued to labor with them and to work with them and confirm uh, their ministry. Tonight, are you lacking fulfillment in your life? Do you find yourself unsatisfied? You're laboring, you're busy. Things are going on, life is happening, but you just don't feel complete, you don't feel satisfied. Uh, Perhaps tonight you need to get serious about the Father's business rather than your business, rather than company whatever's business, but get serious about God's business. In serving your Lord and Savior. I'm convinced of this. If we want our church to go to the next level, and I don't, I don't, it's not like a video game where we're trying to beat the big boss and we're going to elevate up. That's not, uh, but if we want God to move our church forward for the cause of Christ, it is going to take us to collectively get busy about what God's commanded us to do. People are frustrated. People are unsatisfied. People are downright miserable. But in our church, that doesn't need to be the case. We can be happy and satisfied if we would commit to doing what we were created to do in serving our Lord. If we would be faithful to do what we were commanded and created to do, God would bless. I'm convinced. And we would be happy and blessed along the way. Life is busy. It really truly is. This has been a busy week for me. I heard testimony from Brother Brock. It's been a busy week. 
life can be busy. If you're going to be busy, you might as well be busy doing right. Get busy in the work of the Lord. Let's pray.